Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. You are locked into episode 121 of Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. We met on social media, but we have never laid eyes on each other in real life. I live in Iowa. My name is Colin Flynn, and my co-host is Mr. John M. Craig. What's up, Colin? How you doing? Sunday night, it's the Oscars. Hostless Oscars. Is it the hostless Oscars? I haven't watched anything. You know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched it either, and I, I'm probably not going to. This, I think, is probably the year that I have seen less movies than maybe ever. Usually, I've, I've got a pretty good, you know, idea of what's going on. I've, you know, seen a handful of them, but I was just kind of looking down the list. I'm going, wow, I haven't seen really hardly any of these things. So, uh, I did see that uh, Mahishra, is that how you pronounce it? We went through this last week. Anyway, the, Mahishra Ali, the guy from uh, True Detective season three, and uh, some other stuff is uh, he's already won, I think, best supporting actor. They look like so. Anyway, good night. Well, that, that's, good what did he? What did he win for? Uh, he's in the movie with. Uh, oh, guess. if Beale Street could talk. Is that what Most it is? likely, I'm assuming it is because uh, wasn't that wasn't that guy from True Detective in Moonlight? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, and I don't think that's the movie though. I think uh, let me let me get onto the the Twitter the Twitter. I'll look at the Twitter while we're talking about it. It's uh, um, do, 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 no. I don't Barry know. Jenkins it's, it's, directed that, and he also directed Moonlight. So I'm I'm putting it together that uh, that this guy. I don't know though. I really don't know. Let me, you, let me scroll through. I'm scrolling through. I'm looking. I'm, I'm checking it out. But yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, could could probably be. I you know, like that. I'm wrong. But uh, uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, so you you've been uh, you just got back from a little uh, ski trip, uh, snowboarding thing. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. That's right. Where'd you go? We went to uh, we went to Vermont. We went to kill. We went to uh, Killington, um, a mountain up there. Um, okay. It was good. I haven't been there in about four or five years, probably five years, you know. But, so uh, you're you're in New York and you went to Vermont. How how long a trip is that? Five hours. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, from Red Bank, New Jersey, there it's uh, about nine. I mean, five hours, five hours, a little bit more than that on the way up there. All right, and uh, so who all went? Who was who went on the trip? You and I saw some pictures. Look like you and Cameron at least, and was there? Oh yeah, yeah, a uh, Green Book. He was in the movie Green Book. With Viggo Mortensen, that's that's yeah. the uh, Mahershala Ali. I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly, but uh, so it was my ex-wife, my son Cameron, daughter okay. Kylie, and Kylie's friend Rachel, and myself. And uh, it's a there's a something called the Monmouth Ski Club, and uh, it's uh, Monmouth is the county, Middletown is uh and red bank are part of monmouth county so there's a group of people that have this house that was probably built in the could have been in the 30s i don't know how long they've had this ski club and uh i slept on the bottom bunk of a bunk bed cameron was on his own bottom bunk of a bunk bed um we were five of seven people there there was a kid i I thought for sure you were going to say you were on the top bunk and your ex-wife was on the bottom bunk. I was just, I was like, I had, I had you. You had helped. You had pegged. You had really, yeah, I so just, close and yet so far been, away. It would have been a better show. It would have been. Can we can we just lie about that? John was on the top bunk. and uh, No, yeah, I'm so not. 
was down there. Did you wear pajamas? Did you? Did you guys both? Did you? No, I went commando. Flannels. You went commando. That's mm-hmm. right. The entire time. I mean, the entire weekend. As a matter of fact, I I, I snowboarded down the mountain, no pants. Just I mean, I did have um, you know, yeah, snowboarding boots. Yeah, we're gonna make stuff up. Let's just go for it. Mm-hmm. You know how small one's penis gets in you know sub zero temperatures. No. Not mine. No, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was a good trip. It was fun. It was uh, we got up there on Friday night around uh, sometime after eleven p.m. I mean, I I don't think I fell asleep until like after midnight, probably closer to one a.m. And uh, then we uh, we we went to the mountain around eight a.m. The mountain is open from. You can ski early from 8 a.m. Usually it's 9 a.m., but if you have like an early pass, 8 a.m. to about 4 p.m. Kylie's friend had to take some ski lessons. By the way, my my adult um, lift ticket was included with Kylie's friend's uh, lesson. Like her lessons for two days came with an adult lift ticket, so I didn't have to pay. Today, wow, could you, can nice. you, how much do you think it would cost for like a... A lift ticket from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. One day. Um, one I day. Yes. Uh, one day. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say. Uh, I'm just gonna try to. I'm. I'm trying to adjust this for East Coast, and it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've skied. And I think the last time I went, uh, uh, the last time I went uh, to a decent place, I think a daily pass was probably about 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just. I'll say. I'll, I'll double. I'll just say 100 bucks. 124 dollars. 124 that's too fucking mm-hmm. much uh, mm-hmm. i'm sorry it is i think it is. hey listen and i i happen to agree with you now apparently had i gotten it online 48 hours before i it may have cost 95 i think that andre and the kids get a some sort of ticket through a season pass through the mama ski club where they maybe spend closer to 60 65 dollars is not this, sure now is this sort of a is it are they are, it sounds like they're trying to keep the riffraff out it sounds like they're trying to to adjust the price uh, just, just so that you know they don't have uh they don't have there was plenty of riffraff that apparently has 125 dollars to burn really so there are narrative i guess that we're out to like, nah, not really this the, the snowboarding crowd they, they may look uh, well i was going to say that they may look like they don't have money but actually they all look like they have money for pretty much because i mean mm-hmm, a, a mm-hmm. decent snowboard you know you're 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 in by the time you oh get it's, it's door, yeah you know, yeah, winter sports five, are expensive. Five, six hundred bucks, and then you got all the, you know, the, the accoutrements that go along with it. You, you got to have mm. the look. You got to have the, you know, the, the right coat, the right, you know, everything's got to be, you know, it's got to be, what? it's got to be good. You know, you got to look, you know, you got to look the part, man. So anyway, yeah, I mean, the, the, so the house is what it is. It's uh, like I said, built. Uh, I don't know if it was built in the thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. It's an older house. Um, a number of bedrooms. Like the bedroom that I was in was like the boys or men's bunk beds seven of them seven twin beds i think there was a woman's girl's room that has like kind of the same so it's kind of dorm style uh there is a chef but there weren't enough people at the house this weekend there were only seven of us the five of us and then this um like 24 year old kid and his uh, and his girlfriend were there as well they go up a lot a chef and, and then there's wow. a chef that you would pay like it would Cost me like seven dollars and fifty cents for breakfast and seventeen fifty for dinner. One dinner Saturday night, and then it would have been two breakfasts. But that guy didn't show up because it's not worth it because you don't have enough people going to have this guy cook for you know. So I'm, I imagine I'll get like the thirty four, thirty five dollars back for that. Uh, interesting. So 
Yeah. So, um, you had to make your own pancakes then. Is, is that kind of what happened? No pancakes. No, no. There was a there's a deli across the street. We went across the street and got <laughs> breakfast sandwiches, but they all have meat in them. They're these pre-made breakfast sandwiches, so I didn't have anything. And then when I got to the mountain, they had this little like waffle house, so it would have like a little waffle with chocolate syrup on it. So it was a healthy so you weekend. Like, you couldn't slide the meat off. You couldn't pull the bacon out. I'm not going to slide the meat job. off. That is so gross in so many ways. <laughs> what are you doing? Sliding the rub, meat rub, off. I rubbed mm-hmm. it with meat first. I rubbed the meat on it. No, it's not good. And, and yeah, so anyway, so it was good. It was, uh, you know, I, I think I, I don't know. I think I told you offline. I think I told you that uh, my I hurt my knee running. Remember last yes. week I said I, a, a week ago today I started running. So I ran on Sunday monday tuesday took wednesday off because it was like snowy rainy and then thursday i ran again so it was like six miles three three and five so when i ran five miles on thursday i hurt my left knee now you i think you told me that uh well if you don't run and then you run 17 miles in a uh what it was that a, a you know a four-day period it's a little yeah. much it's not probably advised no no generally. yeah i don't think i don't think that way though yeah, you, you I like to go to extremes. Get, yeah, people usually get hurt that way, and and that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of the way it goes. I a lot of people will, uh, you know, because I've been a runner, they'll ask me, they'll they'll say, you know, I I got it, I feel like I got shin splints, and and uh, then I'll start talking to them, and they'll tell me a story like yours, and I'm like, you don't have shin splints, your your fucking legs are just sore. Um, mm-hmm. Just back back off for a little while, and then things will mm-hmm. generally right themselves. But so right, uh, and and then the knee's fine now. Right now, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and the snowboarding, it's like, no, I have, like, I feel a little bit in my calves and thighs a little bit, you know, just from being on the board. It had been a good four years. Any good you know, since I, No, nothing crazy. There was one one, one time I fell today that it, it I hurt my back a little bit. Were you playing it safe? Were you trying to be uh, a little bit conservative with uh, with your actions? Were you doing any? Did you, did you try to jump up on any rails or anything? No, no. There's this. We I I went down that trail once today with Cameron, and it was like uh, I, I just avoided all of it. And the thing is that East Coast um, snowboarding, skiing, it's it's kind of icy, yeah. and uh, it's it's challenging. Like I've heard that the West Coast is like powder, and it's it's a, le- a very different. So yeah. I and and when you're going down on ice, I do have control over the board. I know how to control it, but I'm not a great snowboarder. Is I end up like sort of playing it safe and just sort of like kind of doing like this S down the hill, you know, and or just going perpendicular to the hill and like kind of not carving. Carving sounds like I know what I'm doing, but you know, just like to slow down and, and stop. That just yeah. pushes away more snow and gets you more ice. But fuck those other motherfuckers. I was good. Oh, it was those fun. Guys. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was, it was fun, except that today, when, when I paid that $124 this morning, I was like, fuck. I was counting the number of runs I did. I was like, yeah. all right, two. All right. All right, we're down to like $62 a run. Cool. And then I just kept getting it down. I was like, so I think I got to like eight. So, eight bucks a run? No, not $8 a run. Eight, just eight trips because. Oh, eight trips. I uh, yeah, I didn't do the math. I don't care but so you know, everybody got along fine uh, in the confined space and there's no no yeah i mean there are these moments here and there there are these you know just uh, more my ex-wife and i just never awesome. matching up on energy 
I was talking about the kids. I didn't even figure. I thought you and you know, you guys go on vacation. That's I mean, that is that's uh, that's outstanding. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, you realize there there are a lot of married couples that don't vacation together. They they're they're married and they they're like, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from you for a weekend. Uh, you know, that's or, or that kind of thing. So you know, the dude goes hunting with his with his buddies and uh, mom goes and I don't know what. No, I mean Cameron Cameron Kylie had her friend and then Cameron was just sort of does his own thing so and even when it comes to snowboarding it's like cameron's pretty good and he wants to go down black diamond and i'm like no we can do blue trails but not black diamond i'd prefer not to i said stay away from the moguls i don't like that it's not good for my knees i'm not good enough on the board like ugh, it's not fun and then when i go with kylie she plays it safe and she goes down like the green you know the green hill like the simple one and she does the same trails, and then she'll do these other trails that are a little longer that are fine on skis, but they they sort of like level out, and it's like this flat. I'm like, that's not good for me on a snowboard. And if I don't know where I'm going, then it's like, oh shit! Like I didn't know we were gonna. Now I'm gonna have to hop on the board or take off the board or do some sort of weird knuckle dragging thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Girls, so, girls are smarter. Yeah, they, they just are yeah. smarter about all that stuff. They, they, they are. They, they, yeah, they, they definitely exercise more intelligence because, you know, like you said, you see something that says black diamond. Unless you really know what you're doing, it's probably a good idea to, at the very least, give that the uh, a lot of respect. And, and in your case, don't, don't, just don't do it. But you know, most guys see black diamond and they fuck. I gotta go. I gotta do. Mm. That. But she's like, no. All right, well, that's no, cool. yeah. So I, everything was fine. It was, it was, it was good. There was a bar across the street from the house. I walked to the bar last night nice. around ten o'clock, and it was in a house. And apparently, the guy who owns it owns the house, owns the bar, right. and his two cool. sons work there. One of his sons was there. The dude lives upstairs, and it's it two pool tables, a lot of locals. Everybody seemed to know one another. And it was it was like five dollars for like a draft beer. The prices were really good, actually. I was like, I haven't paid, like, for a decent beer, five dollars on tap for a pint. Not, that, not in New York. Seem seem like a bargain in New York in your area. To me, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, usually, a, it's a minimum of six, seven. A lot of times, it's eight for a pint. That's about average for here, I would guess. About five bucks. If it's a domestic beer, it's probably four dollars and four is something right, you know, right. like an IPA or something like that. Something uh, right. a craft type. Uh, you're you're going to get in the you know, five six right, right. Somewhere, right, generally speaking. But um, so uh, and you're you're kind of sleepy. Uh, you can yeah. tell you're. You know, yeah, I'm very sleepy. I'm it's, I'm exhausted. Am I? Yeah. Uh, so you yeah. had your uh, your thing yesterday at the house. You did a little mm-hmm. oyster. Uh, we had yeah oyster palooza 2019 uh is, is this a yearly thing uh last night was the first well we did we did one the the, the idea for this uh we did this about um uh, 10 or 12 years ago with uh, with uh, most of the people that were here last night were at the one that we did uh a long time ago on an it was an impromptu thing that happened on a, a new year's eve uh, get together and we decided uh after well that one everybody got really stupidly drunk and uh to the point where a friend of mine swore off uh gin because we drank a lot of gin that night um 
she didn't drink gin for like five years after that uh and so it, it we we hadn't done it in in a long time since we uh, a few of us had gotten together a few weeks ago and decided we should we should give that a roll again so we did and uh, it was fantastic we got the the oysters were flown in uh, the day before a little local market here got them got them for us and uh it was there are these gold band oysters they're supposedly there's something about them that they're already cracked somehow a little bit but the, i don't get exactly what the hell they they actually uh, did other than basically i think they give them a saltwater bath and uh, wash them a little bit but uh they were still fairly not super hard to get open but um uh you, you still had to go through the process of, of opening my hands are I, I was not using a glove and my hands are pretty chewed up just mostly not from cutting it with a knife or anything but just reaching and grabbing and all that you know and i, I and last night was the uh Okay, so I, I made it 16 weeks without drinking, and uh, last night I I broke the uh, I broke the 16 uh, week uh, thing by drinking. I'm, I'm saying I, I I'm off uh, back off the wagon, and uh, although I I don't know that I'm gonna. How much did you? Uh... Well, uh, I probably had uh, um, I had at least three or four uh, beers and I had uh, a couple of uh, short not not very uh, large glasses with little uh, whiskey uh, shots of, not shots but we, we had sipping whiskey we got some uh, uh, I got a bottle of this uh, green spot whiskey which is an Irish whiskey which is um, it's kind of a top shelf kind of whiskey uh, I would guess it's about uh, I think it cost me about two, about seventy dollars for for a bottle of, of of this stuff and uh i tell you if you're if you're looking for a nice whiskey man that was hard to beat it's smooth as a baby's ass let me tell you not that i'm trying to rub baby's ass as much but uh it's it's some good stuff um so yeah i yeah enough that uh i I, we we were up late i didn't get uh you know this morning i kind of got up basically at the same time as always and i didn't sleep in so and you know the non-rem sleep that you get when after you've been drinking it's just i don't feel feel rested but uh it is what it is i i and i probably now i'm I'm back up and i got the uh the the count going again i'll see how long this uh, goes again the next time but uh i think it'll be a while again before i drink again next time just you know it was okay i I just uh i'm not uh not feeling the need for for a lot of uh, a lot of alcohol in my life, I guess. Put it that way. I, feel like mm-hmm. I felt felt better most days than I felt today <laughs> after drinking. But I had fun last night. It was good. Uh, how, how many? What, what kind of turnout did you have? Oh, we had in the house. We had about. Um, uh, the kids had uh, friends over, both of them, and there was uh, that were kind of up and down. Uh, they they spent a lot of time in the basement watching TV and avoiding adults. But um, there was, uh, I think, six kids, and we had uh, about uh, twelve or thirteen, I think, adults that were here. So uh, household people. We don't have a huge house, and so it was it was it was cozy we had uh fire going in the fireplace and uh, it was it was it was a fun night everybody was the uh oysters was the stand-up comedian there uh yes he was he uh, was he, uh, yeah he was he was here and uh, i didn't ask him about uh, uh i wondered i wondered how he was doing he came in here into the uh podcast uh studio well i had i got a beer refrigerator in here so i you know showed him where that all the guests you know kind of where that was at and said you know if you want beer it's in here to help yourself kind of thing and uh, so he came in here and was checking, checking the uh, the podcast stuff out. He knows that the podcast um, 
is in existence. So mm-hmm. anyway, he was uh, checking that out. So, uh, but we didn't talk about it. Uh, I, I, I should have asked him more because um, it, it kind of intrigues me. Uh, I, I, the idea of somebody doing it, I think, is uh, is noble. Uh, I like a, I, I've the idea of trying to write that kind of material. I think is. Uh, uh, it's uh, it would be daunting. I, I I don't think I could do it. I, I, I sometimes I'll sit and I'll try to yeah like on on Twitter as an example I'll try to come up with uh, funny shit on Twitter to say sometimes and then I, I'll I'll type something and and uh, and submit it you know whatever post it on Twitter and at that moment I think it's super funny and then I'll go back and look at it the next day and go. <laughs> That was fucking dorky. What are you? Yeah, that didn't. That right, but if you were doing if you're doing stand up comedy, you would write it, and then you'd try it out, and then you'd be like, well, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, maybe I'm not sure, and then you'll try it again, and then you'll change it, and then shift it, and mold it, and eventually, what it started as is not what it will, you know, what it will become, or maybe it doesn't make it, you know. Yeah, that's what I hear these guys say, mm-hmm. you know, these these comedians say, but I, I think I'd just get up there and my soul would get crushed, and then I would just not want to. Try it well, it's, that's one of those things where it's like there's some people that are like people will say you're so funny, it's so funny you can get on stage, and so it doesn't always translate, you know. And, and there are some people like that, but it's it's a very different thing because it's like you, you don't if you're funny in your office, funny with your friends, funny even on twitter doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to get up on stage and and deliver consistently deliver you know they yeah yeah these guys that you know they're like the the people that uh you know joke writers or people that write for certain uh certain uh you know tv shows or whatever uh these guys uh you know, they're, they're, it seems like the stuff that they come up with is a lot of times hilarious. And, I, I, and, and you know, more so than anything, I would I think I would be able to, to just dream up in a lot of cases. And the uh, yeah, that's why they're getting paid for it. It's because they're, they're good at it. But I wonder sometimes, too, if they bounce off, you know, if you get three or four writers in a room and somebody starts with the bit and then they bounce shit off each other a little bit and the, the joke that ends up in the, you know, on the whatever, if they're writing for, you know, one of the, uh, you know, the, the like the Tonight Show or something like that, or they're writing for a, a sitcom or something. Uh, if it's just a, um, you know, a, a, a conglomeration of, of four people writing the joke, you know, going, oh, it'd be funnier if we did this or, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I'm sure that goes on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I got mad respect for those guys that, that, that do it because I think it's... Uh, it's way harder than than I think it looks sometimes. Then I'll, then I'll look at I'll see some of these guys that are even have a Netflix show, and I think everybody I think we're all going to get a Netflix show at some point because it seems like Jesus, there's some shit on there now that I'm trying to watch occasionally, sometimes uh, some comics, and I'm like, it's just not good. You know, there's some of these guys that they're even getting a a Netflix special, and it's just well, we talked about the guy, the the the, uh, the Asian guy from The Hangover guy, uh, that that dude. Um, oh yeah, 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 Doctor Ken. Yeah, yeah, I, I tried to watch that, and I thought it was horrible. I didn't think it. Was, I watched a few minutes of it. I mean, at least I like Doctor Ken. I, I I've always liked him, uh, even thought, before he was in the Hangover movie. You I know, like I his, I like him there, but I, I thought his stand-up was just really. It was just. It was really. He was. He tried to name drop a lot, and he was just fucking lame. I don't know. I didn't. Mind. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. I didn't necessarily see it that way. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the, like the first fifteen minutes or so. I was sort of. I was actually paying attention to it, but I just wasn't that interested. I mean, he did it at the Ice House, which is a. Uh, it's a yeah, small, comedy small, club, yeah. smaller venue, and I've never actually been there. Um, I don't know if it's in L.A. or just outside of L.A., but it's uh, 
that's where he had performed, but he hadn't really done stand-up in about 10 years. And again, I think that maybe shows, but that's mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean, um, and, and speaking of The Hangover, I don't know if you're familiar with an actor, a uh, comedian named uh, Brody Stevens, and uh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Stephen Brody Stevens. I, I was actually on the internet and watching... Um, I was just looking. I don't, it was like TMZ stuff. I was looking for something, and I think I was looking up something for uh, Jossie uh, Smollett, the, you know, the uh, the Empire actor who had uh, done the fake attack thing and, yep, right. and whatever, that whole thing that we talked about in the last episode. And uh, anyway, I was filling in. I think I, think I was filling in uh, my ex-wife who didn't know much about it, or she had heard of it but didn't know much about it. And then, uh, and then I also wanted to see if he was uh, slated to host the Oscars, which uh, it turns out no. I mean, they they really needed someone, so I figured I would get them some publicity. <laughs> they would, they would got a lot of yeah, a little bit. So yeah, so so um, so uh, I had met Brody Stevens um, in 1998 when before I even started doing stand-up comedy, I went to this like Joe's Cafe or something this was in manhattan i want to say it was like fifth avenue and 19th street or something and it was just like this big open coffee shop and this guy he he hosted a uh, stand you know comedy he was in new york at the time and uh, i didn't really get him you know very like big happy smiley you know guy and and you know you'll enjoy it like a positive like an odd guy but a, a kind of a likable guy and then years later i came to know a little bit more about him and sort of what his angle was where he was coming from but apparently he had suffered from depression and i don't know something something must have been going on i mean it was apparent apparently it was a suicide yeah so and I had, whenever I was in L.A. visiting the comedy store, hanging out with my friend, I would always see him around, you know, because he was back in L.A. and had been there for a long time. But he was uh, pretty good friends with Zach Galifianakis, who had produced uh-huh. his uh, his uh, NHBO digital show that he had. And then I think he had this show on um, Comedy Central as well, which I hadn't seen. But, uh, you know, I'd watched him on Periscope a little bit. He just like just all out there, man. Just fucking sad as fuck. Yeah, there, there's actually a video uh, that I ran into with uh, Zach uh, Galifianakis uh, mm-hmm. and some other friends of his that are talking about um, his depression. Um, like, uh, and then he's uh, he's on the video too. It's it's like a little documentary, a mini documentary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about how, and he's complaining about. Um, just how depressed he is and how he hates where he lives and he hates Los Angeles and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it just uh, you know how crushing this uh, this uh, depression stuff that he was going through uh, you know was and uh, it I guess I think those guys that were around him sounded like everybody was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop they they you know it didn't surprise anybody that right uh, right that that, it, that you know he was he was where he was but yeah you know, a lot of those comics is just really a black fucking you know place you know for a lot of their until they're on stage and then you know once they're you know I, li- living in the shitty apartment that he was talking about then it gets pretty ugly i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine uh, being having any level of depression i've you know at all i just feel very fortunate not to have experienced that you know i mean i've been down i've had moments of but i I feel like it mostly it's circumstantial i don't think i've i've never been medicated for it but fuck yeah yeah i was reading there's a guy there's a uh there's a guy that um 
he is uh, well known for a graduation speech that he gave and is also uh, was an author of renown uh, and he died oh, maybe 10 years ago and a guy named David Foster Wallace uh, and um, he, mm-hmm. gave a, he gave mm-hmm. this uh, graduation speech that um, was uh, highly lauded and it's still uh, something that a lot of people you, you'll see posts on, on Twitter occasionally somebody saying hey you gotta watch this, this speech uh, and the speech is referred to as the this is water speech um but um i was reading about him recently just was was curious because uh i just you know kind of went down a wormhole reading about um, his his death and i knew that he had also um uh committed suicide and he uh had this long uh long-standing depression that had gone on that he'd talked uh, widely about uh before he died and uh he was uh, apparently they put him on, and I never heard of this before. They put him on a class. There's a class of drugs that they use sometimes for depression that does uh, it changes something in your brain chemistry that like you would expect a a, uh, a drug to do. But I think it, it goes like a step further than that somehow. And it actually they say it is once you take this drug, it's irreversible with what it does to your to your hmm. brain function. And like most of those other ones will wear off, you know, and and you know then you get back to whatever normal one. Uh, and uh, but this uh, class of drugs that he was on actually there's there's it's a causes an irreversible uh, change in the way your brain functions and uh, in some cases uh, in some cases it, it quits working it quit working for him the drug I mean the the, the it it still did that irreversible brain damage sort of thing, but it uh, it quit uh, working in the sense that it uh, that it w- that it was helping him. So that's scary when you when you look at that. It's like the, the, a drug. I, I didn't know anything like that existed. That they're. It's like hmm. that that. Uh, crazy and according to the article that i read which was on wikipedia so (laughs) could be it could be uh, not true but uh, anyway it was uh uh it said that that drug still is prescribed as well as there's a couple other in that class of uh i I guess they're called antidepressants but not the same as those uh, those ones that are uh, more widely used now the class of ones that they they use now but uh yeah, it sucks to hear that he that he, uh, that he uh, killed himself. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I don't know much about Michael uh, David. What is it, David Foster, David Wallace. Foster Wallace? Right. He wrote Infinite Jest, which I've never read, but I've heard. It's a book that I think a lot of like people have on their bookshelf, but I've never read. Yes, and talk yeah, about like it's a whole yes. thing. Like it, like it has it has some sort of meaning. Apparently, it's a really good book. I don't know much about it. There's the Jason Siegel played him in 2015 in the movie The End of the Tour. Which yeah. is uh, he and uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays the reporter that interviews him, so I guess it's based on this interview. And uh, but I don't know, I don't know much about the guy. Uh, I, I've I've heard did Rogan talk about him? Someone talked about him. Maybe Marin talked, but someone talked about him and said good things about him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've heard. Uh, I don't know. A, a podcast mention him. He's got another book. I know that. Um, that's all. It's all dialogue. I think the whole thing. I don't think that, that it's uh, got any mm. anything other than dialogue. It's a book that a lot of people think is really great. That's called. I think that was maybe the first one he did. And it's called the broom, the broom of the system. And uh, I guess that was good. But that the speech thing I'm talking about. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's well done. And he's very honest in the way he addresses uh, students and telling. Uh, and he's it's delivered to. Um, 
not an Ivy League school, but it's a some small prestigious uh, East Coast private school, liberal arts college, and uh, he does a uh, really good job of of telling people uh, <laughs> what to expect out of life in a very very honest way. But mm. this is Water Twist is is. Uh, it's it's well done. He's, you know, he was quite a writer. Um, I haven't read the books either. I, I, the Infinite Jest thing. I think at one time I may have even started that, but uh, I don't think I finished it, and I don't think I have a copy of it here. So um, I don't know. I've been buying books lately that I've bought not been reading. Uh, <laughs> got to actually go through the uh, reading start of it. I got a uh, I got a copy, a paperback copy. Uh, that was uh, from a, a 1957 I- I- issue copy of Jack Kerouac's On the Road, which I'm going to try to read because I've never read that. And I, the, pa- the paperback, just the artwork on it, on the cover, and the uh, just the whole thing is just, it's it's campy. It's, it's really, it looks like something from 1957. It's pretty cool. So anyway, look at that. But I, I, I'll see these recommendations about a book, and I'll think, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, uh, well, you know, you mentioned Rogan, Rogan, uh, or somebody else. You have somebody on a show, and they'll talk about something. I bought that book. You and I had talked about um, the uh, Mo Godat. I think is how he pronounces his name. He's the guy that uh, the Google guy, that uh, the happiness guy. At- oh, the 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 Chinese the Chinese guy who. Uh, <sighs> Wait, maybe you're thinking of someone else. I there. there uh, let's see. He's the uh, Mogadotti's, uh, the uh, chief business uh, officer at. Uh, 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 let's see, he's at Google. He's uh, the Google guy that uh, does. Uh, he, he's uh, the happy guy at Google. Anyway, he's got a. Is he still at Google? No, this is a different uh, guy. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's still there or not. I don't know. I, but I got the book. It's solve for happy. It's supposed to be. Former chief business officer for Google. Google X, an entrepreneur and author of the book Solve for Happy. Right. Okay. He's Egyptian. Now, this is a different guy that I'm thinking of, but how's that book? I haven't read it yet. I don't know. It's supposed oh. to be good. Everybody says it's great. It's uh, supposedly life changing. So um, let me run this by you because it's a. Yep. It's, we've got a. We've got a. Um, here in the state of Iowa, we've got a, a little thing that's going on, and I just. I, I got into a little bit of a. a I don't maybe call it a Twitter battle, but I. But I exchanged a few uh, unniceties with some people on Twitter. Oh, uh, uh, under the unbecoming of age. Yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah. Account? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, good yeah. to know. Good to uh, know, because sometimes <laughs> things come at me, and I'm like, I don't know anything about that. Like, who, the, who the fuck said that? I didn't said. know. I don't even know who this person is. Yeah. Um, by yeah. the way, we're, we're also, we just got followed by uh, Blue Iowa, which is I, at Iowa underscore blue, the blue wave. Is it the Democrats or? It's the Democrats. They're following us. Okay. Um, right. I think it's because of Trump business. 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? I think I've been saying, saying. Well, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been saying some stuff here and there about uh, uh, the uh, what's his name, uh, the the um, the universal basic income guy. Uh, I'm trying to. Remember yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yang, I don't know Yang. his name. Yeah, Yang Y A N G Yang 2020. Yep. Um, anyway, so we've got this uh, sportscaster that has he's been the uh, voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes for um, probably I don't know 20 years, maybe maybe longer. I don't know, and. Um, his name's Gary Dolphin. Gary Dolphin. Okay, so he does play-by-play for football and basketball. 
and uh, he's probably, I would guess, uh, in his uh, mid to late 60s, and uh, I don't know that he, uh, you know, just as far as career-wise, what his actual plans, uh, you know, might be if uh, he's, he's, in, he's, in, he's, in a, he's in a brouhaha right now with the university. Um, and they have actually taken him off the air and asked him to, uh, they haven't fired him, but they, uh, he's been suspended indefinitely. They say he will not be back for any more Iowa basketball this season, which would be, okay, so the next time he's going to be on is uh, football in the fall. Um, but the reason is he was, um, I think they were playing Rutgers, and uh, he was uh, talking about one of the opposing players who he, th- he thought was doing a good job, and he said, uh, that this kid was moving well this is going to be a, a paraphrasing what he said but i want you to just if you think just at first blush if you think this is something that sounds sounds bad that somebody shouldn't say this on the radio or if, if it you know if you would be upset by it necessarily or you or you think somebody would be upset by it necessarily what he said was he thought that this player who was a black kid he said this he said he, he's doing uh, he's quite a job on the inside he, you know one of those kind of things he's moving people around like king kong is what he said. He he said he's moving people around like he's King Kong there in the lane or something along those lines. Um, and so, hmm. yeah, the universities uh, they're like, all right, you're you're out of there because of the King Kong reference. Now, there's a there, the, I can tell you the the thing that's weird to me is okay, and he's a black guy, King Kong, all right, ape thing. To me, I okay, when I heard it, I thought it was really fucking stupid that he's that he would say that. Um, and I don't think I, I don't believe probably he did it with malice aforethought. Uh, I think that he um, is just a guy that's too old to probably have gotten the memo that hey, a long time ago uh, we uh, quit you know using um, simian and ape and chimpanzee and gorilla references when we're talking about black people. Uh, I, I think he missed that memo. Um, there's a shit ton of support for him though going on right now and there's uh kind of a, a there's a lot of people that are thinking he's getting screwed that he shouldn't and he shouldn't be uh shouldn't have been asked to step down so what, what, what were you gonna say before i went on my rant well no i'm i'm just i'm trying to get my head around what he said i know you're paraphrasing but it says something like uh so it's it's gary dolphin is that his name that's the guy yep yeah, uh, Iowa football and men's basketball game since 1996. Remarked Fernando was King Kong at the end of the game. Now, I don't know. Um, hmm. Hmm. What, what's that line? Isn't there a line in, in a movie? Isn't there a line with uh, Denzel Washington where it'd be like, King Kong's got nothing on me? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think you're right. I think there no, right. no, I think it is. He, he, and uh, uh, who's the guy with the eyebrows? Uh, Ethan Hawke are in a movie, Training Day, right? They're they're, they're L.A. cops and fucking. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm pretty sure the line. Is, now again, I know that that's a fictional movie that was written at a different time. King Kong. And I ain't think you got nothing on me. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a, if you're black and you say something about King Kong referring to yourself even though that's a, a character in a movie, um, I think that's more acceptable than somebody else saying it. Is, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I, I don't know this guy. I don't know his career. Uh, so the Hawkeyes actually won 66-65, and I guess he played a pretty decent game. Uh, the kid's a, a, a strong, strong kid. Like, he's, he's built. 
I mean, his shoulders and arms are stupid. You so know, you, but you're probably not going to say he's a, he's a King Kong. You're probably not going to say that. I don't know that King Kong was like that well built. You know, he was just big. He was like a big guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like a big. I mean, he could hold like a, a tiny little white lady. Well, she wasn't tiny. I don't know how big she was, but you know, and um, the latest version, that rock version, where he's uh, he, the, the the gorilla goes King Kong. He dead. Whatever the hell that was. What was that movie? Anyway, um, yeah. It does. Oh, a rampage. Yeah, that was a built-ass, that was one built-ass gorilla there, I, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know. You know, it's, this weekend we were, uh, we were, um, you know, I, I told you that Kylie's friend was in a, uh, in a, uh, a, tra- a training class, like a, a ski, ski lessons, right? That's what they were, ski lessons. Right. And, uh and she had mentioned, now, I wasn't there for this. None of us were there for this, just you know, she was there. And I guess she was the youngest one in the class, and it was an older guy. Now, you know, you're on the mountain. It's a little cold. Everyone's bundled up. Now, she's 14. She's a 14-year-old girl. And apparently, at one point, the guy, the instructor who was, I, I would, from her description, it sounded like he was in his late 60s, but I'm not sure. And he made some sort of reference. He said something like, we're all adults here. It's like, you're going to hold your knees together like you're, like you're handcuffed to a bed. Something to that effect, okay? Now, I don't know what the exact quote was, okay? And you're like, who? who I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like she could raise her hand. Like, no, no, we're not actually all adults. I'm 14. Hello, right here. <laughs> a 14-year-old girl, thank you very much. Uh, how about this? How about you come up with a better analogy, okay? And and even if they're all adults, whatever he said, now according you know, to Kylie's friend, is that it? it's not like whatever he said really hit, you know, like landed in the room. You know what I mean? Like I don't think yeah, that anyone right, right. else were like, oh, yeah, we know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. It, to me, it's still like I don't care – your age, what it is, you know, I, I'm going to, I almost kind of want to give the sportscaster a, a little bit of a pat, almost, only because you're, you're calling a game, you got a lot going on, you got a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, and I'm not sure that intent matters, though, anymore, you know, Um, I don't know. You know, I, I'm all for forgiveness. I think that if, well, the part that the university is screwing up right now is they're just basically he's, uh, like, they haven't really explained what's going to happen to him. They haven't really given any formal, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of a, here's what we, you know, here's what the plan is sort of thing, which I think somebody that they that they uh, have have had on the air for that long, I think they would owe it to him and to the to the you know to the sports fans. I think they should explain kind of what what they think. Uh, you know they're going to do and how they're going to handle it now what i would i would suggest that they do if they were listening to me is i would just say that they uh, you know apologize and um say that they've talked to him and he um you know uh i think he's he's I probably has given his own statement or whatever some sort of an apology i think he has over twitter uh, i'm pretty sure but uh anyway um just you know we're going to do some uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to have him, uh, he's going to be a part of a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, sensitivity training or however they want to phrase that. And, uh, you know, he'll be back in the fall. And they're going to, you know, right. have him so, sit in a room full of a bunch of black people and talk about 
feelings or something. Yeah. So the, the I, I get the sensitivity training. I get the trying to retrain someone's brain and whatever. But for the most part, I would think that if there was, whether it was a subconscious racial connection or otherwise, or like this older, let's assume that everything that Kylie's friend said is true, this older ski instructor is saying we're all adults. Well, they're not all adults. And then he's making some sort of weird sexual handcuff bed reference to teach skiing, right, as an analogy. It's like, okay, forget the memo, because that guy clearly didn't get a memo. I don't think you need a memo for that. I think, and if you're the kind of person that would say something like that, you don't get it. Now, that's not to say that you're not going to be able to get it, but I think you're going to struggle with it. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, there was someone that I worked with on this TV show who apparently I had talked to the person and he had said a couple of things. We had a conversation once where it was just sort of like, yeah, he, he's probably he probably early 60s. And it wasn't like an old 60 or anything, but he was still, I was like, you know, he's an all right. Like, I, I got along with the guy, but there was something in the conversation that we had that just sort of, threw me a little bit when it came to you know women and thoughts on women and it wasn't just necessarily talking about them but it was just a little bit weird to me you know partially because we didn't know one of them that well and i don't know it was a little weird and then at one point uh, a woman that worked on the show said something to me about that person now i wasn't there for whatever he must have said to to her and someone else another female younger and it didn't surprise me and it actually had an impact on how I saw the guy. You know what I mean? Like it was like I kind of, sure. I kind of had my own gut read on a conversation that I had that wasn't specific to anyone. And then this other person told me something that something. And again, I, you know, I don't know. And then and it's not even about putting my daughter in that situation. It's like, wait, wait. If like I don't ever want to be in a situation where I say something where I completely missed the cues, the, the the person, and didn't read the room and offended or hurt someone's feelings or they thought I was coming from a totally different perspective, you know? Right, yeah. Of yeah. what my intent was versus how it hit and made someone feel. Because I was like, oh, shit. I want to know and I want to be called out for it. I'm like, damn it. And, they, you know, I don't want to, like, harp on it, but I don't ever want to allow that to happen again. So... Fuck Gary Dolphin. Fire that motherfucker. Racist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got no I problem with He's not a young man. I'm looking at him now. I, not I a young man at all. Pushing seven, seven. If he's not, he's got to be. In it. Well, maybe not, but he's he doesn't appear to be. Uh, so there was a there was a sportscaster in, in, in uh, not actually a, somebody from Des Moines, a sportscaster that, okay, this guy was trying to. He was trying to do what uh, a lot of people do uh, when something like this comes along, and he was trying to uh, put something out there uh, as a, uh, uh, I don't know if he apparently wasn't looking to have a conversation about it because he wasn't responding uh, to uh, most of the comments. But he, what he said was, this is a clear example that the university, uh, all, the, all the universities, state university system in Iowa was in need of 
basically was saying that they need more more black you know uh, people that are um, of color or, or black uh, uh, announcers slash you know talent when they're going to the talent pool and they're they're, they're hiring people they got to be looking at a little more uh, equal opportunity sort of thing and uh, I asked him uh, which is uh, one of my smart aleck uh, comments that I made to this guy was I asked him and I said first I said serious question in the state of Iowa you're, you're a sportscaster of uh, you know some high regard I think he works for the uh, Des Moines Register I said in the state of Iowa do you know of anybody uh, any person of color any one name one um, uh, that is right now that's doing play-by-play announcing and um is doing it at the level that would be required of somebody to step in and be an announcer for a D1 college program, which these guys are usually people that have gone, you know, they, they've paid their dues, they've worked uh, at small radio stations and learned their chops. You can't just walk in and do play-by-play. It's it's a very highly developed skill that takes a long time for somebody to, to get good at. Uh, and um, you, you really got to pay your dues. So you could get somebody to come in and do color commentary uh, pretty quickly and uh, have you know part of the the announcing team <clears throat> um, you know I guess uh, to offset the, the the old white guy that um, might be somebody else but um, they also that this same team he's, he's a, that he's a part of they've got actually have <laughs> a guy named Ed Podolak a guy that um, is an old uh, another even older football player that played uh, at Iowa and he also played for the Kansas City Chiefs and was a uh, I think he's a uh, Hall of Fame guy uh, that is the uh, color announcer now he's probably going to be stepping down at some point soon and maybe they can get somebody in to replace him that would fit the bill for for that equal opportunity type hire that the guy was hoping to to uh, have happened but at the to have somebody come in and do play-by-play um, I think uh, good luck is what I you know I don't think you're gonna find anybody in this area probably to, that would be able to step in and fit that bill uh, and he didn't answer my question so I gave him a little shit about that it's like well, you're not answering my question so the answer is no you don't know of anybody so anyway no, well, no, not a big deal I mean, look, I mean, I remember a guy who went to Syracuse University. He's uh, about five years older than I am, Mike Tirico. And Mike Tirico was, uh, I mean, he did play-by-play for football. I think he may have started doing uh, Syracuse games, but uh, he'd done some NBA stuff and basketball. I mean, he's been around for, he had been around for a long time. I don't know where he works now. It looks like he might still be. He may still be. No, it looks like he's with NBC Sports now. Okay. All right. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He's. He's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's at the top level of stuff. Yeah. I mean. He. I mean. Again. He wouldn't necessarily take. It would be a downgrade for him to take that job. Most likely. Yeah. It would absolutely. And usually, that when they get somebody uh, at at most universities, they try to find somebody that has some sort of a tie to the you know to the area. Uh, you know, somebody that's you know, either played there or uh, announced uh, games uh, in and around the area and knows a lot about, you know, the, the program and, the, the, you know, all the uh, behind-the-scenes people and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'd just be a hard deal to do, to, to hire somebody. So, uh, I, anyway, I, I hope the guy uh, doesn't get fired, really. I hope they forgive him. I hope he uh, gets a little uh, sensitivity training, maybe. And <laughs> uh, I don't know. That just seemed odd to me out of all. All the uh, analogies somebody could use, and and, and yeah, he's not doing stand up for fucking Christ's sakes. He's a he's an announcer of a basketball game. You don't have to be uh, you know you don't have to be that great. 
you know, that, you know, that you're searching too hard. M most of sports, let's face it, most of sports is just one fucking cliche after another anyway. Um, if you watch interviews after games and you listen to games, it's just, it's, it's one giant fucking, uh, you know, bunch of uh, analogies that are, that are used over and over and over. They just, uh, yeah, it's cliche city, so... Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not. A, I mean, like, I'm not a fan of the. I, it's. Uh, I, I I haven't really paid attention to uh, sports broadcasts in a while. You know, like I'll you know if I watch the football playoffs or or like the Super Bowl, and it's like, uh, what's his name? That guy. Uh, what's the guy? Joe Buck. You know, or baseball, and just like, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people hate Joe Buck. Um, I kind of have mixed feelings, but I mean, kind of amusing in some ways and very arrogant in some ways. He comes across that way anyway, but it's like, eh. but he, you know, there are times that they say things and you're like, I don't even, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not, my, it's not my thing. I went to, I went to Syracuse University, Newhouse School of Public Communications. There were a lot of those like sports broadcaster guys that came through and yeah, women as well. But a lot of guys, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, the, the one that actually, I, I I went to college with a guy who who does um, hockey play by play. That blows my mind. You can do hockey play by, but I don't even understand that. Like, that seems really challenging. I think they're just making up. They're just they have like ten names in their fucking head, and they just shout stuff out, and you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. We don't even know what we're hearing is not what's happening on the ice. Yeah, yeah. I when back in my radio days, I uh, did uh, one baseball game at an AM station that I I got I got forced into doing it. There was uh, somebody what didn't show up and one of those kind of things, and uh, I had to do a fucking baseball game, uh, and it was the most painful thing I've ever. Oh my god. You were able to nap between pitches, well, yeah, probably. You gotta, keep, you gotta keep talking about shit. And those guys, you know, they, uh -huh. they, 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 the guys that are good at it, you know, they, they, they're good at it. And uh, if you've never done it, it's yeah, you just, you're trying to come up with shit. And they, there was a lot of notes that they give you ahead of time, and you have things about the players and stuff that you can talk about. And there's the, you know, uh, Tuesday night is uh, free hot dog night, and blah blah blah. You can go through that kind of shit, you know. But you run out of that after a while, and then you got to repeat. And if you don't have some sort of if you don't have knowledge of the game to the point where you can just sit and bullshit about whatever, it gets uh, you know it gets pretty tough. You know, you try to describe the field and what the place looks like, and then you run out of that shit. And there's so much time; it's just horrible. There's one coach I was going to mention. Oh. If, if if you're going to follow anybody in sports, it's that guy. There's the football coach at Washington State. This guy named Mike Leach. I don't ever watch washington state football but i follow this guy on twitter this fucking dude is funny <laughs> he's funny as shit and he doesn't use any weird fucking uh he's he's not th th that guy that's gonna you know gonna give you the you know the basic blocking and tackling sort of answers he i just um i googled it while you were you were talking um washington mm -hmm. state coach mike leach he's going to uh this story that came up uh came up said washington state coach mike leach will launch a five class seminar this spring titled insurgent warfare and football strategies that will be open to 40 students on the university's Pullman campus. He's going to teach this thing called Insurgent Warfare and Football Strategies. This guy's fucking weird as shit. He's, he, mm -hmm. And on Twitter, Twitter he's, he posts shit that's quite good and strange. He gives some weird fucking answers, but uh, I love that guy. But yeah, most of it. <laughs> I'm reading his quote. I'm reading quotes he has right now. Mike Leach. 
Yeah. yeah it, it, so, so he's a football coach for Washington State Cougars. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Right, right. And uh, yeah, he, he looks like he's uh, pushing 70, maybe in his mid to late 60s. Uh, gray hair, middle part sometimes, it seems. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a little like breakfast. You eat ham and eggs. As coaches and players, we're like the ham. You see, the chicken's involved, but the pig's committed. We're like the pig. They're like the chicken. They're involved, but everything we have rides on this. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> what is he? What you? If you get into a fight, don't take your helmet off. We're looking for smart football players, not dumb ones. In the interest of time, don't get into any more fights today. <laughs> That's what he does uh, at press conferences. Though. These other guys are just the, the shit that's come out of It's always boring shit. And we have at Iowa the the most probably boring guy in a press conference in in the world. And and you know the, he's been around longer than any other football coach in the in the nation. Kurt Ferentz. He's he's the uh, the grandfather, the most tenured football coach in the NCAA. And he's also the most boring fucking interview in the world. He is not going to say shit that is exciting ever it's just yeah right down, yeah. There, right down the line yeah but the, the bar is very low though i mean but he's like it's kind of like this was uh after his first win as a head coach it's kind of like doing surgery with a chainsaw instead of a scalpel we had pieces and parts flying everywhere T- turned out in our favor we've just got to clean it up next time around yeah he's uh <laughs> Yeah, he's he's funny. His tweets are just—he comes up with good shit. I was like, dude, uh, yeah, I, I'd play for that guy. He's uh, he's got some funny shit going on. <laughs> this this is on the Deflate Gate hysteria. We waste a lot of time with that, and then we worry about the Kardashians. How can it be that we laugh about England's obsession with the royal family? At least the royal family has college degrees and military service. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah this is good. Dude is, dude is funny. So uh, I was posting pictures on on, uh, on the Instagram today here of the... Uh, we had some crazy fucking weather today. It's just, this was is it like snow and ice? I saw a picture or two, but... We we had uh, the, we've got a lot of snow on the ground and today uh, we had like 50 mile an hour winds that were pretty I mean just I mean pretty steady 50 50 mile an hour winds. Um, oh God, I don't like weird. that. Makes me yeah, uncomfortable. Just, I know it just it was window rattling kind of thing where you know <laughs> windows are rattling and. Uh, mm-hmm. It was creating like this ground blizzard kind of effect thing where snow is just fucking whipping all over and you're not sure, is it snowing or not? And uh, I did I'd make a little bit of a trip today. I, did, I didn't have to go far out of town, but I, I uh, had a little drive and I was out in the country. And they had some roads that were actually, that they were shutting down because there was too much drifting, uh, even though it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't necessarily snowing much. But um, Jesus, you're driving along and all of a sudden it'd be like almost whiteout conditions. Um, it was crazy. And I'm, I'm over it. I'm done, man. I'm just like, fuck this. I'm ready. I'm ready for the change. I'm ready for spring to happen. I uh, was texting a, a mutual acquaintance of ours, uh, Andrew Brown, who's down in, in Australia now, where they're uh, experiencing, they've, they've had the, uh, basically the warmest summer. I don't know if it's the warmest summer on record or not, but they've had like a crazy hot uh, summer this year in Australia. And uh, he was uh, freaking out about my snow pictures, and I was like, "Man, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the tilt. We can tilt back towards the towards the sun now. Here, hmm. any point? Oh God, I can't wait. Fine with me. I'm ready. It, Saturday was nice. Saturday was really nice up in uh, Vermont. 
Yeah, the, the temperatures were in probably about 36, 38 Fahrenheit. And, uh, but it was a clear, sunny, beautiful day. And uh, it was nice. Today was just the visibility was poor. It was windy. And it was a mix of like snow and, and you know, and like kind of snow and, and rain. And the mountain was windy. You know, it's it's not crowded, but it was just sort of like I didn't want to be up there except I paid one hundred and twenty four dollars for the fucking lift ticket. <laughs> eight dollars a run or whatever the case. No, it was more. Yeah, it was it was it was more like uh, eight and a twenty four. I don't know. At least fifteen dollars. <laughs> it was too damn. Yeah, it was too too much. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't happy. That, that area, yeah, isn't the like the highest wind speed recorded is some some area out on the. East Coast, isn't it? Like not in, sure in in the United States. I think it's like there's some place out there. Ah, uh, maybe not in Vermont, uh, but one of those tiny little fucking postage stamp states out there. Whatever they, Rhode Island, maybe. I think yeah. There's some place out there that they there was like a wind speed uh, on a mountain out there that I think it was like 300 miles an hour or some shit like that. Wow. that they recorded. Um, I saw some uh, video of that. That there, they, there's like a wherever that is there's there's a this they've got this outpost and these guys uh, have to i don't know what they're up there but they've got people up there stationed up there permanently uh, and this thing and these guys are trying to walk around and it's just the wind's blowing so hard you can't even fucking stand up hardly it's just crazy but uh yeah i'm, I'm ready i'm ready i'm ready for the uh for the shorts the shorts and sandals all that stuff sandals i hope you have good toes yeah, you get a manicure there, a pedicure. I, I mean, I got I got bad toes. I got to start. I, I'm I, I got I got I got uh, what's his name? Joey fucking uh, the guy that's on Rogan all the time. What's his name? The big fat. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, Diaz, Joey Diaz. I got Joey Diaz toes. So. I don't even know what those are like, but I can only imagine they're like kind of Middle Earth Diaz. shit. Yeah, listen I don't. To Joey Diaz. It's like I don't want to listen to him talk about his toes. I'm sure it's Gr funny. Grocery store feet is what. Uh, it, I don't. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, and I don't even know what you're talking about. I just know who Joey Diaz is, and I think at his voice and his. No, thank you. They use that phrase down south. I heard that in uh, in Oklahoma, and it's like, God, I fucking laugh my ass off. He's like, Oh man, that bitch got grocery grocery store feet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just made perfect sense. Bitch had grocery store feet, man. She had them crunchy ass elbows and grocery store feet. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah. So, have you heard? Um, we were talking about this at the party last night. Um, there was people that hadn't heard this. Um, there's a, another colloquial thing that goes on um, in Oklahoma. When I f uh, moved down there, uh, I had a neighbor that came over to me, and uh, he uh, he walks up, and we we start talking, and he introduced himself. Uh, he was a DEA agent, Jeff, and. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, that right away made me a little edgy, but not that I was, I wasn't holding or anything, but uh, it was kind of weird. The guy walks up, I'm Jeff, I work with DEA. He had a, he, had a, he, had a, he was strapped, he was carrying a gun. I, th I probably asked him where he, where he, you know, I figured he was a police officer. But anyway, so for one of the first things he asked me, he's looking around uh, and he, he goes, I've never been in that house before. Uh, he goes, y'all got a Frady hole? And I'm a like, what? Y'all got a Frady hole? I'm like, uh, what, yeah, yeah, what? 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 It's like he goes, you know, Freddy Ho, yo, yo, got a hidey hole, Freddy Ho, yeah. And I'm like, what? What was that? And he goes, hidey hole. 
and I, I'm like, I had no idea what the fuck. So, okay, Heidi Hole or Frady Hole is the uh, local colloquialism. That's what they call a storm shelter. A, a, they don't have basements. Mm. So, mm. so they got a lot of fucking tornadoes. This is where our buddy uh, um, Englishman in Oklahoma, Ian, lives. Um, is it so, like Cab Calloway, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho? Like we got to hide the hole. Like H- what is it? Hole? A hole that you would hide in. Hide in a hidey hole. Hide a hole. Hide a hole. Hide a hole. Got it. They use those fucking things around. I was like, so I I thought, you know, my asshole kind of puckered a little there when he was. I I got some guy fucking asking me about holes. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) What what are you asking me? I don't don't know. But uh, Mm. so, yeah. I was telling this to some some the people here last night. They were, God, they were, they thought that was the uh, most ridiculous thing they <laughs> they'd heard. And I was like, well, they don't have basements. That's what I guess they're referred to as. And if you're, um, well, do you have a hidey hole? Uh, we did not have a hidey hole. We did not have. I do hide my hole. You're going to say have, even even if you did have a hidey hole, you're not telling this guy. You'd be like, you decide. No, there's no hidey hole here. <laughs> Keep it moving. and that ladies and gentlemen is our show let's let mr big voice take us out thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed unbecoming of age bonus content at unbecomingofage.com subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcatcher find us on social media at unbecoming of age And sometimes when we talk